what is it that looks at the mind what is it that is aware what is awareness i mean it's a very simple thing if you actually look at it but because the mind is now programmed in super fine tuned to look at outside and there's so many distractions outside whether it is problems or whether it is the beauty you're always distracted i'm not saying that don't look at objects what i'm saying is to look at objects from its source because when you see everything from its source you realize that everything is the source Greetings, future fossils. This is Michael Garfield welcoming you to another episode of the podcast that explores our place in time. Insofar as you'll indulge me in the notion that time is a landscape and the years arranged in helices, then three years behind us down this spiral staircase, I was the editor for a non-duality web magazine called Globalish that explored the theme of our prior and always already non-separation, the truth beneath our concepts of duality and unity, the undivided fabric of experience that we then carve up into self and other. Another two years down the spiral, I was editor for soulpurpose.com, another web mag that explored the vanguard of visionary artists triangulating our transcultural identity through clever remixes of the imagery of our vast inheritance of world wisdom traditions. And even though this show seems to have taken on the character of exploring the ethical issues that arise at our weirding boundary with technology and our increasingly magical and mystifying technological landscapes, all of these things converge together at the horizon, explored in this week's episode with Arshan Nair, an absolutely awesome artist out of India. Arshan's an awesome artist, but the thing I think that he does best is help communicate the wonder and the mystery of everything at a time when it is all too easy to slump back into the laziness of fear small-minded desperation, a comparably unimaginative response to the intensity and brilliance of our lives. If nothing else, I hope this episode infects you as it infected me with a deeper appreciation for how ridiculously weird the world is and how great that is. And how this is a kind of opening or opportunity for each of us. An invitation into fullness, luminosity, and presence that was always there and always will be there, regardless of the circumstances of our lives. We don't talk much in this episode about Archon's work itself, but it deserves to be said that his work portrays a kind of all-embracing tantric attitude. A love for both the high technology and human body that combine as media through which he celebrates a riotous and ecstatic experience of the human being, even as it dissolves into the solvent hypermodern substrate of our lives. Like a good psychedelic experience, Arshan's work combines and remixes the body and the landscape the waking and the dreaming, stillness and motion, rupturing the planes and the perspectives 
of the modern painting. He's worked with a lot of celebrities, and he's got a huge social media following, but that's not why I find him interesting. Arshan Nair's an inspiration, to me anyway, and I hope to you as well. But before we get into this episode, a few quick shout-outs to new Patreon supporters Craig Tilly, Joe Perez, Lori Walters, Joe Wine, and Rachel Foster, as well as Jacob Amen, who upped his pledge this week. I am deeply appreciative to every single person who supports this show with any amount of money on Patreon. It helps me out immensely to maintain the time in my life necessary to produce each episode of this show on my own and to grind away on my book, How to Live in the Future, and to share a constant stream of interesting news in the Future Fossils Facebook group without any institutional funding or passive income. If I could supplement this podcast with more speaking gigs and more gigs doing live notes for meetings and presentations inside organizations, both of which I love to do and both of which I find contribute to the same project, the surfacing of insights and the facilitation of vital conversations, well, then I would do that. And if you have opportunities for that, please send them my way. But in the meantime, this is it, folks. This podcast is a labor of the heart and, strangely, my full-time job. So (laughs) that is why I make such a point of giving so much back to every Patreon supporter, including exclusive and early release episodes, original music like what you're hearing now, and more. And for everyone who has been sharing this show with your friends, who's been rating and reviewing it on iTunes, I thank you also. It's making a difference. Future Fossils is slowly but surely making it into the ears and minds of the people who benefit, and for that, I am, again, hugely grateful to you. So that's enough of that. Buckle up and enjoy this lovely conversation with visionary artist and digital weirdo Archon Nair. Awesome. So it's this is unreal because I've been listening to your podcasts in between. So like speaking to you live is like a, a, a strange thing, man. Because I'm oh. always listening to you speaking to other people. <laughs> well, that's so cool. now you speak to me. I don't think my yeah. guests ordinarily have have been listening to the show. So that's cool. That's a new thing. I appreciate that. So Thanks. I, I got hooked on to your podcast through uh, Hannah, mm. and then I listened to a few more episodes and. Yeah, now, now, like, I use the Overcast app, so you are in my favorites list. So, oh. when I, I'm jogging or walking or, you know, just uh, moving around, I, I'm listening. Oh, thanks, <laughs> man. Yeah, I was just, actually, um, I'll, I'll return the back scratching. I was just watching your neuro-learning creativity and consciousness Photoshop session on YouTube. I was just watching you... You know, talk about going through the whole process and moving stuff in and out. Fantastic. The, the, yeah, it was it was it was wonderful because I just picked up an iPad and I am finally like after years of having a like a dust gathering Wacom tablet and just like not <laughs> not connecting with it. You know, I'm finally like, 
Ah, okay, it's I'm it's time to get over my thing and just like jump into this space where everyone is waiting and I feel like that I mean maybe that's a good place to start with you cuz yes. I, I feel like for me adopting new technology and and like adapting to that learning curve like getting the upgrade is it feels like I don't know there's two ways you could talk about it. like the psychedelic experience or like dying where you have to let go of the familiar thing and everyone's waiting for you on the other side like come on it's fine it's totally safe <laughs> this is fun and and I think that, you know like there's that part of it that that emotional part of it of like the give and take so but you're so um you just seem to absolutely like relish in and embrace the new opportunities and I'm curious what your relationship is with all of that Man, I think, you know, what happened was this started when, like, during my teenage years. I mean, you know, as a kid, I was never so much into art. I mean, my school especially was really focused into art and crafts. They were, like, really, really heavy with drama, acting, arts, craft, music. And they were not much into, like, studies and stuff. Like, studies were a part because of the government uh, policies and stuff. But, I mean, they were really focused into extracurricular activities. And I found them really boring because... The teachers were like teaching in such traditional ways in the sense that they were like, oh, you need to do it like this, 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 and it has to be just like this, this, this. And with me, my, I, I feel like my brain has never been wired in a way where it has to be done in a particular way. I mean, for me, it has to be explorative. Uh, I need to experiment with things, you know, since a kid, like I always wanted to just venture out and try new things and just explore. And I was never inclined towards art because of that, but... I used to participate in all these competitions. My parents used to send me to like art competitions and I did fairly well. So I realized I was good, but I was never really into it. But man, like on my studies and like whenever, like in my classes or like studying at home, my dad was like really strict about like, uh, you know, uh, like getting good grades and stuff. So I used to act like I used to be studying on my table and I used to like act as if I'm studying, but I used to be doodling. So whatever pen or pencil I used to have, I used to doodle in all my books and all my sketchbooks, all my notebooks, like they were just filled with doodles. And I was just randomly making all these abstract forms and shapes and it was all just coming out. Like I was not even like aware about, you know, what am I doing? Uh, do, do they have any meanings? Nothing, nothing. It was just flowing out. But like, and obviously like when you grow up, you're, you're so conditioned to do things in a certain way. There was a large break in between, like, after my high school and before I started doing this again full-time. I was really not, you know, being creative at that moment. And I was just, you know, stuck in this whirlpool of people wanting me to do certain things a certain way. The, the, the conditioning of the society going through this form of struggle and, you know, going through a very low phase in life. But now when I look back into all of that and when I see it, I realized that all of that was really happening. Like it was like probably a stepping stone of, you know, what I really wanted to do later in life. But technology was something which really blew my mind the first time when, you know, I encountered it. I remember I had a 486. I, I don't know if you if you remember this, the 486 computer. Uh -huh. It was yeah, before yeah. Any, any Intel Pentium. It was a 64 megahertz computer. And it was freaking expensive. I remember it was about uh, 3,000 dollar computer without any cd-rom and we used to have these floppy disks the 3.5 inch ones yeah. <laughs> and we had this windows 3.1 and i was blown away i was like holy shit this is amazing and you know what happened we got a free game of doom uh, there was this 
famous uh, game at that time, Doom. Yeah. And I, I installed <laughs> I installed it into the computer and I launched it from Windows 3.1. And it was getting stuck on like the the front page, you know, like the the launching screen. <laughs> I was getting stuck. I was like, what the fuck? I mean, how do I solve this? How do I solve this? I went back into MS DOS because it was a dual operating system. You could also uh, work on MS DOS through commands. And I launched it from the DOS. Uh, uh, command prompt and it worked and I was like man I'm a genius <laughs> this is amazing and you know like I I mean I was self-motivated that oh I'm a technologist you know like yeah. as a kid Run, the ego enter. came up. yeah 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 the, the ego was like holy shit man you are you're a genius like you figured this out and I was I remember I was telling my mom ma'am, mom like you know I, I'm so good I, I just figured this out and I mean of course it was just a, a, a fluke but <laughs> I mean, I actually got hooked and, you know, like on, in my school, I mean, I was one of the rare kids who had a computer. So everyone used to come to my house and, you know, like we, we used to explore and I used to show them how, how everything is. And it, it was fascinating. And then my neighbor, he got inspired by me and he got a, he got his first Pentium computer. And that was like insanely fast. I was like, holy shit, how can it be so fast? And then I got a Pentium 2 and then, you know, how, how everything started uh, increasing. And then I realized that um, I started exploring tools because of this, like because of technology, I started exploring uh, before even Photoshop, there was the paint shop pro. I used to design websites and I used to make graphics out of that. And I mean, I started learning my basics from there. And I was always fascinated with all these tools, all these softwares. I used to install them, download them, whatever the internet came by, uh, blew my mind again. And I was like, man, this is insane. Like every time you just keep, people just keep creating these new different tools for themselves for i mean consciousness through people creates different tools and consciousness itself absorbs it and creates something new out of it so it's this it's this cycle which is going on where the spirit manifests into intelligence intelligence creates new intelligence through tools and other intelligences absorb those tools to create new forms of art or new experiences or new tools which in turn absorb new tools to create new tools and that and that is the effect which has which is which has been happening if you look at from the hardware perspective as technology uh, improve and evolve or if you look at software or tools perspective where people are using those tools to create something amazing so you know that has always been fascinating and that has always like uh, fascinated me in terms of like how can we use these tools to create something new and you know that is why i love exploring whether it is virtual reality or whether it is creating on the iPad and like how you said it like I have this Intuos uh, 4 Wacom which I got it back in 2009 and I've been doing all my work on that since then and it's, it's just when the iPad Pro the new one came out I got the iPad Pro and I've been hooked on to it man it's just incredible and it just shows that you know like I have a beast of a computer right in front of me where I can do all these 3D modelings and stuff and now we have this small compact display which is absolutely fantastic, which has an incredible speed, which handles all these big, huge canvases, and you can just do anything, like exactly what you can do on the computer. So how everything has just shrunk into this tiny space, and you can create uh, infinite manifestations out of it. <laughs> That's, I, like the, <laughs> I like the way that your, your creative vision is embedded in the the clearly like the sort of tone or flavor of that hindu cosmology you know like the emanations from the cosmic mind you know that all of this stuff that of course of course we're just going to come up with ever more ever richer and more complex 
you know, manifestations of Maya. And, and, yes. <laughs> right. So, like, there's, in listening to you talk about all this, there's this sense of how our environments shape us, right? And we shape, you know, we shape the tools, the tools shape us. So, as our instruments and the content that we create with them becomes richer, then it seems to require from us a boost of intelligence and like a boost of our our language and our perception kind of go together. And so I'm curious what you think about the way that these new forms of art might be changing us or like, you know, how the evolution of the human being is trending along with all of this, all of, you know, this just extraordinary creative power that each of us has now. Man, it's just, I, I feel, you know, like, it's just been, like, expanding as as if, like, you know, there was a point in Source when everything just sprung up, right? And it just kept, keeps expanding. And everything keeps remixing with each other and keeps creating new things. Similarly, if you see right now, like, if you actually see, like, in a short way, how everything was very traditional before any before the modern technological era, which happened in the recent years, before everything were if people creative people were doing everything by hand, whether it was music or or, or dance or, or you know even cooking and um, uh, even painting, and they were all like these traditional tools which were uh, there and people were using it for a very long time, and suddenly the computer comes in and you know and technology comes in and people start creating stuff on the computer. And, you know, people start coding and people start uh, looking at recipes online and, you know, taking influences from like other recipes and other cultures and bring it into their own. And it's it's insane, like how everything is just like, it's it's clearly a fractal effect, right? Like everything yeah. just, it's never ending. Like it's just self-replicating. Like how consciousness, because it doesn't have any form in the physical dimension also creates so many different layers that it doesn't have any end to it. Like it's just going on and on. And the most in- amazing part for me is not just like how, say, for example, I have a particular tool and I create that as a tool because someone else has created, but how I can collaborate with someone using the internet, sitting in like the opposite part of the planet and using their skills to bring with my skills. So, for example, I've been doing a lot of VR projects. So I just create the visuals, but the coding is done by someone else. And they and like they don't have any idea about the visual part, like how to create the visuals. But they're using technology, right? So how their knowledge of technology, which they gained throughout their years using other people's work or their interests or gathering knowledge from the internet has helped them create their own skill set. And then using my skill set, we mix them together to to bring out an idea which just came inside our consciousness like, like that. And we create something new out of it. And how insane is that? Like, you couldn't even conceive this, like, say, five or ten years back, that... Right? We would be sitting here doing this, you know. Yeah. We basically take all the all our memories and all our stories which we have gathered through our past and our, our journey, and we create our, our future accordingly. Like we think, oh, this might happen because this this has happened, but man, we have no clue about anything. I mean, you and me are sitting here right now talking, but tomorrow you might be doing something. I mean, you might be like in space or in, in a plane in a, in a in an Airbus Emirates doing a podcast with. You know, some crazy Emirates designer, you know, I mean, just throwing that out and you never know. I mean, we we just keep thinking that we might be doing this because we're doing it like in this particular pattern. 
but man things are just happening on their own and you just can't imagine the future because the future has been designed by the spirit which has designed everything which is in everything and, and yeah and it's it's beyond conceivable and that is what is so exciting right like that we have an idea about how things are just evolving and how things are going in a particular pattern but man we just can't conceive it we just can't like bring them into a particular vision you know and, yeah, yeah yeah so i'm you remind me of how excited i am when i'm not <laughs> like unhealthily preoccupied with my personal problems right <laughs> like that like that there's this uh there's like a baseline enthusiasm for how fucking amazing and awesome the world is yes. and i pave over that all the time with worry about yes. you know the daily stuff so i'm curious because you know i've heard from people that like you know like david pierce who's he talks about engineering hedonics, meaning like if you could genetically alter your kid to be 5% happier than you are, you know, don't you have an ethical responsibility to do so? So he talks about people have the hedonic set point. And wow. that's like okay. some people are just born happier. They're just, they got more of the juice. I'm hoping that that's not the case with you and that you have some insight for me an ordinarily melancholic and introspective dude how you stay clear-eyed about your excitement for all of this stuff and like how you allow it to continue to like propel and motivate you man like i that's such a beautiful question and i mean it's it's something which is so deep and so intimate to all of us and especially like in my journey and i'm sure like this is quite similar in everyone's journey which you touched upon uh i feel that you know like it's so important and especially these two aspects of where we find content and happiness and you know positivity and where we have all these troubles with with life relationships finances whatever like they come in different forms and how they affect us and i feel that there's there's such two integral parts going side by side together which are needed as well and i think i feel in my journey the part which we don't like that much where we are troubled or we are sad has been has been a major has played a major role you know i mean naturally i have i've been a very positive person throughout my life like i've always been a very happy kid i've been a very i've always uh, thought about things very deeply uh, i've since a kid i have been a very spiritual person as well but not like godly spiritual but like always introspected and contemplated why are we here and what existence is and that has gone side by side by the happenings or uh, or you know the events in my in my journey like for example it's all started when i lost my dad i mean i had an amazing life he passed away when i was 14 and i was very close to him and that really shook me up you know like that really disturbed me in a very deep way like i really went into a, a really sad state for about one and a half two years and you know i was not able to come out of it finally i did because obviously life takes you out and you know it starts showing you the way and sh- gives you all these distractions and you start flowing but the next 10 years which which came after that were the most important times of my journey where i started contemplating because i started seeing a pattern where like events certain events happening at certain points and then certain events happening at other certain points were somehow coinciding with with each other like you could 
I could clearly see a link between them, you know. Like all these events happening, they're just not happening randomly. They just seem to have some form of pattern. And that is what started, you know, exciting me that, man, like, things are not happening randomly for sure. They seem (laughs) chaotic and random, but they're super intelligently placed. Even though, like, on a macro and a micro scale, we all seem like bacterias floating around and, you know, like, we probably don't have much importance. But, man, everything has its place, you know, like... That is the reason it's all there. It's it's been designed uh, and manifested in a very beautiful way. And I started looking into things deeply. Like that is where my journey started. But because of that pain is 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 the reason I started looking at things. You know, if I was like extremely happy all the time, and if I was not affected, and if I had a careless attitude, I probably wouldn't be looking at it deeply. It was because I was being affected by my thoughts, by this mental construct which I which developed over these years and the conditioning. And because I was listening to this voice inside me, which everyone has very seriously in the sense that this is me, I was taking this as an identity very seriously. That was the reason I was being affected. When because of this journey, the next 10 years and then obviously the past five, six years as well, as everything keeps polishing and as you keep refining into your own being and as you keep contemplating, I think it, it polishes more like you, you, you come out more and you understand that. There are two parts of this entire thing which I was able to figure out. One was the theoretical part where we come across knowledge outside of us, like through knowledge, through meeting people, through the internet, what videos, articles, books. And we take it as an intellectual understanding, right? For example, everything is consciousness. The universe is conscious and everything is consciousness and we are the universe. So, okay, that comes as an intellectual understanding. But on a day-to-day life, it does not come as a practical, you know, solution. I mean, you and me understand that, oh, I am conscious and I'm the universe. Oh, I feel love. But when you have a problem, when you have a when you have an argument happening with your family, you know, like a trouble happening in your house or a financial crisis, you don't think about, oh, I am the universe and everything is beautiful. You're like, fuck, I need to take care of this. You know, how am I going to solve this? This is an issue. Oh, man, your mind comes. Oh, what if that person does this? What this what if this happens tomorrow? In a practical level, it does not work. So I was I was disturbed. I was like, man, this is not helping. Like, I am the universe, which is right. But how does this work? I mean, it's all bullshit. I mean, I need to really get into it. I need to see there must be something deeper behind all of this. You know, if this is coming up again and again, if my mind is torturing me again and again, if my psychological self is really unstable, that means that there is something much more deep. I need to go more deeper. And that is where I, I kept I kept my search going. I kept my search going. And I finally found, and I mean, for me, to give you a basis, I follow Advaita Vedanta. I mean, that has been something which I have been like really, really rooted to because it really, it gives you, it gives, it gave me the most, the biggest clarity and the understanding became a true self-realization, you know, and that is what I was looking at, not exterior intellectual knowledge, but how do you make it a part of your self-understanding, self-realization where your mind basically understands what it is, where its true source is. And it quietens up. It becomes much more peaceful and, you know, it it calms down. Now, the nature of the mind, the mind which is not just the brain, but, you know, the thoughts, feelings, sensations, which are all clubbed together, which we call the mind, because we don't know where the mind is uh, biologically also. But a mixture of all of this, the nature of the mind is object oriented, right? Like it's always looking outside because that is how nature has designed us. Because if we are in a physical plane trying to survive, it's always looking at all these sensations happening outside. So sight, sound, uh, smell, and all the activities which are happening outside. So all these activities which are happening outside 
are are distract are being used by the mind to to absorb information process that information and give signals by the brain to the body to do certain actions so we we so used to this programming since a kid so as soon as you're born you have no idea about language right you are not you have no idea about who your mother is who your father is there's just this feeling which is there you're experiencing life as it is you're just being there are, there are no thoughts inside you because there's no idea or there's no learning of language at that time and then after a few years you start learning language because everyone is teaching you things oh you are this you are this this is that this is that and so language which is a concept which is an idea created by the human being through its limited mind is feeded inside you and you start looking at your world around you at your environment and all your activities including your thought process through this thing called language and you create this information system and look at everything through language uh, and interpret everything through language itself which is created as an as a limited module of working by the human machine by the human system and so it's limited already it's it's limited you're learning a limited language and conceiving an infinite incredible universe world through this finite language and because your mind is finite obviously you and because it's looking at objects you you look at all of this and then you start learning knowledge and everything accordingly now what happens is that the basis of everything which is you your identity because you feel this body this limited perception which through which you look at everything and you feel the sensations of the body whether it is pain joy happiness excitement whether you are high on lsd you know you look everything through this body so you you're so connected to the body your thoughts which is non stop going on inside you in your waking life so you feel this is you the thoughts which are coming inside you is you right like because you've been listening to it since since like uh, you were aware of language and and you know the the conceptual world so the the mind the thoughts are you the sensations happening inside are you because everything is so close it's all binded so how consciousness basically manifests into body and mind and thoughts and it's all so closely linked that there is no difference it's a very subtle difference but what really started happening was i started seeing that i mean i started looking at dreams i was really fascinated by dreams you know like i was like man i'm lying down in this bed and i'm i'm in deep sleep before deep sleep i go into this dream world and in the dream world i'm somewhere else and i'm having exactly the same sensations i'm talking to people i'm eating i'm smelling i'm looking at the world everything feels real i'm jumping if you know i'm i'm moving around i'm flying whatever and how how is it that my body is lying in this bed but my conscious experience is exactly the same i'm having another experience in some other space in some other time which is created by the mind itself so that that was something which all of these things started aligning you know like the identity part where i'm taking my identity so seriously and then this parting away of the body in the dream state and the mind in the dream state and the mind creating different worlds in the dream state i was like man there's something not correct you know there's something which we are thinking about life about our identity which is not right i have to look at this deeper and i started realizing i started realizing and obviously through the help of gurus like ramana maharishi i i, I follow him very closely and nisargadatta maharaj as I, i mean they opened it up and i was like man this is it it this is exactly it i mean we are not the identity we are not this body and mind we think it is this is something which has been conditioned inside us this is something which has been programmed inside us through language through our limited perception and senses 
and we believe this is us because it's so closely connected to us not saying that you know when you feel pain this is not you feeling pain this is the body in which you through which you are experiencing life is experiencing pain but you are the pure awareness which looks at the body which looks at the mind which looks at the no mind and the no body which is in the dream state and when in deep sleep where there's nothing happening where you have no uh, where, where there's no experience of time where there's no experience of body and mind when everything is absolutely blank but that awareness is still there you're still conscious so the primary source is that you are pure consciousness and there is no object to it right like if you actually look at if i ask you hey michael are you aware of this sound coming to you yes you are aware are you aware of the visuals coming to you yes you are aware are you aware of the room you are sitting in yes you are aware you are aware of your body you are aware of the thoughts going in but what this awareness this awareness which we are looking at you are even aware of this awareness right but what is the objective quality of this awareness there is no quality it's just a feeling but this awareness is is constant and stable throughout all forms throughout all your activities throughout all waking states deep sleep state and dream state it's the only constant thing which is always there but everything else is happening it's constantly changing our bodies are changing our cells are changing our organs are changing our thoughts are changing according to the new information we perceive our environment is constantly changing the sky is changing the water is changing everything is fucking changing man but this awareness is always there we always aware and that was it man like that it took me about 10 years to figure this out like because obviously it does not happen overnight right like you learned so much you learned all these intellectual knowledge we learn all of this taking 20 30 40 50 years and it's not easy to get rid of it in in a in a, in a night's time and then all these distractions which are always bombarded to you which which sink us down you know like how you said i mean it's it's so human like it's so natural but i feel that it's an intelligent design the mind is designed to be like this the thoughts are designed to be like this to to say out crap but at the same time to also cr- say out some of the most beautiful ideas which could ever come across but since the mind is designed to perceive time as in past and future which does not even exist i mean our only experience right now is that we are present if i ask you to hey michael what what did you have yesterday for lunch and you know uh, can you experience that again you won't be able to experience it right like how can you experience that again it's just in your memory it's just a figment of imagination or thought right now but as an experience the only thing which you'll experience is right now and you just can't even go to the future and experience it because everything is right now N- nothing is happening in the future nothing can happen in the past because how the mind is structured they're all stories and memories because how we can perceive things and how we can store memories we are able to access them as as clusters of information through visuals or through text or however the brain is designed okay so you're you're touching on something that i think about a lot okay i notice myself thinking about it a lot right which is and this is great because i don't think we've really gotten into the advaita vedanta stuff on the show yet and i'm oh wow okay i'm quite i'm quite fond of the entire tradition of non-dual philosophy it's very yes. cool at any rate the way that noticing memory like and you know the buddha talks about this noticing the pattern of memory of expectation you start to see this you disclose this matrix of relationships and your experience of time 
becomes a sort of networked landscape of possibility and conditioning that that exists within now. It's an object. It's a subset of the present moment. So I feel like something like that is happening for us because of our embeddedness in the internet that because we live in this networked media environment, the human consciousness is having to, that there is actually a sort of incentive toward awakening in the design of the infrastructure, like not intentional necessarily, but Doug Rushkoff talks about it in present shock that your whole past is on Facebook Google knows what you are going to ask it before you even ask uh-huh. it. Like, and so our pasts and our futures in the digital in- space have all collapsed into this moment, this one present moment. And so in that way, like the systems that we've designed are reflecting this sort of cosmic truth about time or like a new, a, a more complex and, and sort of comprehensive and, probably more accurate way of thinking about time as this fractal that is all sort of simultaneous. But anyway, the point is you talked about seeing the patterns of synchronicity and that that being a key part of this. And I remember Richard Doyle talking to a web seminar class about in the writings of Philip K. Dick, he was talking about how paranoia is where where you start to see that everything is connected but you still are attached to the identity of your, that you, like you said, that inner sheath of everything that's been so close to you the whole time. It's, you know, you've never known what it sounds like with that hum off, you know, with the refrigerator is unplugged. And so um, I'm curious, what do you see in this nexus of, on the one hand, like a really potentially beautiful transcendent opportunity here for the human species almost as a matter of necessity to move into this new space this new understanding but then also the fact that like there's a good chance for a lot of um, burnout paranoia like madness the change is coming really fast these days and so you know what is the image of how we could uh, like what can we do for people who are who are struggling with this like fluidity and uh, being able to like surf and embrace all of this I don't know there's just so much to go from there but I'll take it wherever, yes. whichever way you want and you know like I mean okay so this is how I feel the universe is I mean of course I know nothing and I mean I probably I'm just, you know, creating some kind of another idea or concept. But to me, it feels like the universe, which is the conscious universe, is a spirit. A spirit which is without form or dimension and is super intelligent, obviously, because of how it's created and creating everything. Now, what the spirit does is, because it does not have form, it creates these calculations and elements such as the DNA and forms of nature, different DNAs, which have, which basically include um, information to, to create the basis of life, right? And then it springs out into form. So all these different billions of forms which we see, just, I'm just talking about this planet, let alone other planets. And, you know, all these forms which spring out, 
they start evolving it creates new information from its environment it upgrades itself creates new information including human beings so how i see it is that i feel that the spirit basically manifests into form which basically manifests itself into form so that it can experience life so it can evolve and become more complex i'm not sure if it has a purpose or no not because i mean obviously it's it's in its own intelligence which it must be having a, a purpose but i mean i'm no one to say if it has a purpose but to me it feels this just looking at everything around that it comes out into form and then it complexifies complexifies itself into forms but now when it comes into form it does not know it does the most amazing part which i feel over here is it forgets that it it's it itself is the spirit it creates bodies it entangles itself into the bodies so that it creates a separate identity so everyone who feels not just humans but animals or plants which which themselves feel that they are a separate self have to have that feeling of a separate self so that they can function for example if you are the spirit and you manifest into a form and you know that in the form that i were everyone is the spirit and i am the spirit and i am everything it is equivalent to not having any form because then it would not function it would just be still and it would just be there it would be like everything is absolutely fine there's nothing to do because i am everything right so i mean just imagine like if i become into everything and if i know that i am everything and if i'm not the separate self i would just be stagnant nothing would move and so i feel that having the sense of identity is such a crucial part but it works as two ways one obviously to function to evolve to grow and to create extremely complex worlds through nature through technology and however it proceeds further but also to grow deeper into the understanding and to go back to its source so this contrast i call it the contrast basically so the contrast is so important and vital for everyone including me everyone has this that this identity which we think we are which we take so seriously oh i am this body i am i am a male i am archer i am an artist i am this 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 i am which we mistakenly think is the body and the mind and the thoughts and all the stories which we have gathered throughout our journey which we call it the past and you know our relationships and everything which we think are us we say, we we derive our sense of identity from our relationships as well we take them so seriously and then we are so entangled with all those stories that anything which happens anything which touches them which disturbs its flow we get disturbed by it right i mean that is what really happens so for example on a small day to day basis if i am expecting a particular result out of say i filed a government paper or a relationship <laughs> like with my sister is not happening particularly fine and there is some kind of argument or whatever it disturbs me because i sense i derive my sense of identity from not just not just this body but the activities it's doing through relationships or through other activities it needs to perform to do certain things to do certain actions in the future so we take this so seriously because we've been we've been conditioned it's all programmed everything is a freaking programming and we are taking and it's so embedded inside us it's so freaking rooted inside us especially because of i feel the education system has been a major has played a major part into this not just our parents or our, or our family but the, the education system which does not focus on learning but focuses on objects outside so when you start asking as a kid because when you are like 4 or 5 years old you you have no sense of like oh what will happen to me how's my body image oh, how's my social media likes nothing you're just like flowing you're just free you're just being but when you start going to school and you start learning 
and you start and this exam system thing comes into your into your mind and you're like you have to perform and you have to outbeat other kids and you have to do you can't ask questions like if you start asking questions like why does the earth revolve around the sun in an elliptical form how can it be a vortex because you know every season doesn't seem to be the same they che- they keep changing every winter is not the same is it maybe happening in some other form no you can't ask such questions you have to study according to the books and you have to answer it according to the books or say history what happened in 1778 during this what happened during this so we are constantly bombarded in our education system to look outside to look at objects look outside 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 everything is happening outside 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 and we never asked to look inside we never asked to inquire inside what is happening inside what is it that looks at the mind what is it that is aware what is awareness i mean it's it's a very simple thing if you actually look at it but because the mind is now programmed in super fine tune to look at outside and there's so many distractions outside whether it is problems or whether it is the beauty or whether it is the internet or, or technological tools they you're always distracted so you're constantly like looking at objects outside instead of looking inside i'm not saying that don't look at objects what i'm saying is to look at look at objects from the real place to look at objects from its source because when you see everything from its source you realize that everything is the source you know there's no separation the separation is the only seemingly separation of the of the form of the body but on a, on a, even if you look at the physical scale bro i mean i'm 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 not just talking about woo woo or, or spiritual stuff i'm talking about experiences and real scientific study as well if you look at the scientific study everything is on an atomic on a, or on a planck scale there is no separation between anything the entire universe is one it's all space which and all these forms are or forms coming in space for example this building you're sitting in before this building came into being it was space right and when it came into being it's just sharing that space it's just that there's another form there but it's there's no separation from the space you won't say this building is another space and the outside space is separate it's still sharing that space so we are all sharing the same space which is the conscious space which is the conscious spirit yeah 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 so in uh looking at this into the deep future and deep past i had this thought that we have been in virtual reality this whole time because mm. like you said earlier you know it's just all conceptual representations like layers and layers of interpretation being presented in this highly abstracted super intricate estimation like all this stuff about how your brain interposes like it's got the texture brush you know like yes. if, you're, if you're looking at the area in front of you or around you know your focal area and your brain just sort of interposes that pattern over and over to make you know oh that, i'm sure that's what's going on and then you know you can look at somebody's in their blind spot in the right spot and their face disappears so like we're living we're inhabiting this virtual reality already in that sense and it's kind of you know we're just yes. building an an extra virtual reality inside the one that we've already got but you yes. know it's funny you talking about about the way that coming up into school uh this new social awareness reinforces that social identity reinforces that bounded enveloped self and yes. You know, I've heard from people who uh, I knew a guy 
who was a student of Ramesh Balsakar's actually for a while. Oh, yes. And um, so Balsakar is uh, Ramesh Balsakar is uh, the student of Nisargadatta Maharaj. Right. Yeah. Yes, so yes, um, yes. this guy Alan Shelton, uh, oh, okay. who lives in San Diego, and I used to work with him uh, on an on an Advaita Vedanta web magazine actually. Awesome. And okay. and so he was telling me that he tried for six weeks to go through his entire life without using the word I. <laughs> like he never spoke in the first person. And he said it yeah. worked that when without constantly referencing the identity through language, he was able to draw his yes. attention away from it. And so it's interesting in in this sense that you're talking about there's like there's no inside, no outside. You know, I think I think people get tripped up on that it's like you can actually go deeper into yourself by turning the attention away from what you ordinarily think of as inside of you which is like the you know the social construct so i mean that's but then again we're like we're getting into these like what is it the massive demographic migration so like everyone's living in the city now you know, and it's, it's only going to be yes. more of everyone living in the city. And so the yes. question of like, how do you find that solitude? How do you turn the attention away from that constant reinforcement of the social identity when we're living in such a, a, a density of social interactions this is a really bizarre, teasing question, I think. I, I feel like this is this has to do with something which you asked the last time, which I did not uh, address as well uh, about how there's so much amazingness and awe everywhere but at the same time there is this space where we get stuck into especially like if you look at for example if you look at the world of the internet where everyone's hooked on to and all these different social media platforms whether it's snapchat facebook instagram and there are two kinds of things which are happening here a set of people who are wired a particular way derive obviously a sense of identity from that for example kids who are uh, hooked on to Snapchat. They look at the friends feed. They look at these amazing filters. And instead of accepting who they truly are, they, they put on new masks in fr- on them to look more beautiful. They try at different angles and they take like a gazillion photos every day. Instead of them looking at mirrors right now and appreciating the way they truly feel, they try, they rely on an app which creates a fake image, creates infinite angles, which is not really the true face. To create uh, an image of themselves which psychologically they believe they are. And then they feel happy about it. But in in return they are actually not happy. They are actually trying to seek and they are desiring something which is far more uh, far more superior. And then that leads to other things which where they go in for surgeries and everything later on in their life. And then there are certain people who derive their sense of honest from say technology, say from news, say what Elon Musk is doing right now looks absolutely fantastic for the future or when you look at national geographic uh, videos or when you look at like um, anything i mean look at tools or when you start or even let's leave the internet let's go out for a walk in nature and you come across this species of mushrooms which are like holy shit how can this be so tiny and growing up in like the bark of a tree inside this hole i mean how how is this possible like i mean it's just happening everywhere i mean this is this is insane so I mean, it's it's crazy that these billion neurons functioning inside us are just firing on their own. Up, I mean, of course, not on their own randomly, but obviously an intelligence that is at place which we we can't describe or comprehend. But I feel that there are certain people who are sen- deriving this sense of awe because of one, how they're wired, and also two, because of the contrasts they have gone through in their life 
and they probably come to realize that man it's all beautiful it's all in a the flow there's no control over anything and let's just you know surrender to what is and just be and there's certain people who are trying to control their life because the mind is like oh i am the supreme controller of everything i control my life and i will do how i things how things have to be and so i need to be in this particular image say a selfie and i'll i look a certain way that's that's my control so i feel that i feel that both of them are absolutely beautiful because if this one was not there the contrast you wouldn't be admiring the awe the reason you reached the awe is because maybe in a very subtle way you went through pain or you went through struggles or maybe you were just genuinely gifted by the spirit to be to be manifested in this beautiful brain mind combination you know and yeah i mean it it's it's bizarre at the same time it's 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 a mind fuck to even you know think about how there infinite patterns of each of us as well like there's no one of us which is exactly the same like i was having this conversation the other day with a very close uh, relative of mine a friend of mine actually and they've had body issues all their all their life and i was like man i mean look at a tree like let's go to a mango yard you know where like a farmer is cultivating all these mango trees can you pick up one tree which is exactly the same you'll find all all are mango trees all are the same species creating the same fruit not one will have the same not one fruit will have the same mango taste not one mango tree will have will bear the same kind of shape of fruit the skin texture or or the size they will all sprout in different times different sizes not each tree will have the same size shape not each you can't pick up one twig out of each, one tree and say they're the same exact pattern they're all different patterns even if you find two trees which are short and bulky and you take out one twig you'll obviously find a difference in them you take everything in life in every species even an ant on a on a micro scale when we look from a human perspective they all look the same but you actually zoom in with a with a magnifying glass or a microscope they'll have different patterns yeah they they all have a different I mean, barcode number and they're all on them. yeah yeah exactly and they're all doing different things they're all they all are wired also differently they're all moving at different speeds and that's fascinating so i told them that you know like look at the trees i mean because trees are the I mean they're not moving supposedly because they but they are moving obviously at a very slow speed we can't see but um but if you actually see trees they're all different shape sizes even if it's a mango tree so why can't humans be different shape sizes forms activities actions with different mindsets and brain activities and that is what makes everything so freaking amazing because if we were all tuned in to to perceive the world in in so much beauty and so much awe and so much That, uh, so much incredibleness which it has <laughs> i mean it life would be so boring right life would be so boring like if everyone was like oh i'm so positive i'm full of love and everything is so amazing man it would become stagnant it's because of the contrast that we keep moving ahead that's that's how energy keeps moving ahead it's like a base which is latches onto and pushes itself to the to the stratosphere it's like a rocket boosting uh phenomena where like it needs to inject all this fire and heat and then it launches itself into the air so yeah. that is how i see contrast like the contrast is so vital that duality is so important in this non duality the duality is such an integral part of the non duality like it's so important for us to have these different aspects this infinite amount of diversity that is how we we propel ahead that is how i think the spirit moves ahead you know and it creates so much more newness and it's 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 mind blowing bro like 
it just never ends it just never ends it j- i mean if you if you see everything which has happened from your childhood till now every experience it's all been so diverse and everything which will happen to you which will which will be all diverse the kind of people you'll meet the kind of experiences you'll have the kind of music you'll create the kind of art you'll create i mean no one brush stroke is the same you'll never be able to get the exact same color you'll never be able to you know do the exact same line or stro- have the same stroke in the same paint with the same depth it's always unique everything is unique which is in- insane <laughs> you were unique yesterday and today you are another unique michael garfield which is so i feel that i mean i feel it's it's in it's an integral part of the design of not just this dimension but like i feel other dimensions as well they're all constantly changing it's like a movie you know it's like a play going on and for the movie to go on i mean you need to have different characters and different stories and different uh, you know like uh, music or different whatever uh, different mysteries to solve or whatever so yeah. yeah otherwise it would just be stuck in one frame yeah that's it's related to that question of you know if you could go back to that moment you wouldn't know because you would be the same organization of matter as you were in that moment and therefore yes. you wouldn't know that you had gone back into that moment and it's just like yes. it's just one of those like wonky wanky uh, armchair philosophy kind of stoner nonsense you get into when you explore that particular issue <laughs> but but like yeah the, the whole thing of you know that time being a, like a map of form i think like that and that sense of you know everything unrepeating and the play of it that the the sort of flow of time is along this metabolic gradient you know like you're talking about like this like every every possible variation every possible little rivulet and tributary as water explores every imaginable avenue down the side of the mountain and that that mountain that gravity that particular energy gradient from the top to the bottom of the mountain is that contrast that you're talking about so there's like a water cycle of like involution evolution that there's a circulation of things emerging from and returning to yes and i, I mean anyway i don't know that's yes. this isn't really funny right now so maybe maybe i don't get it because I'm, it's you know, I'm, I mean, I'm like too serious I, I, talking about the cosmic water cycle. Um, I mean, no, bro, bro, like connecting with water. I mean, like an example I would like to say is the ocean. So if you see the ocean, if you dive inside the ocean, there are billions of species: plants, fishes, animals, rocks. So the ocean is obviously this water body, but all these creatures and elements inside is, including the waves and the whirlpools, are the ocean. It's also. the rocks inside the ocean are the ocean the fish inside the ocean are the ocean but if there is no contrast inside the ocean as in there are no predators like the sharks eating other fishes or you know the fishes eating plants then it will just be filled with forms you know it will just keep reproducing so the contrast is so important there and this ocean is basically what i'm referring to the ocean is the spirit the cosmic spirit and every one of us is inside this cosmic spirit manifested as different forms of the spirit but the contrast is so important for the spirit to move on otherwise it will just be filled with everything and there no there, there won't be any dynamic uh, depth between each of it you know like it will just be filled with forms and everything will be stagnant like the fishes won't even move man they will just be there because 
<laughs> yeah, because they're all moving here and there just to save themselves, or the or the rocks are you know moving and changing form because of the pressure of the water, and things are just everything's form, everything's changing. In fact, what I really wanted to say here was something which came up to me right now was by Nisargadatta Maharaj. He said something very amazing. He said everything is thought, everything we conceive is thought. The I, which is a thought, everything which we even this conversation is a thought. It's all conceptual. It's all an idea. So just throw out the thought and just look everything from as it is, because when you see everything as is, you see the magic which everything is, man. Like everything is magical. For me, everything is magic. Like if you don't, if you don't put your intellectual understanding into everything and you just see everything without thought, without as it is, people walking, trees moving, birds chirping, you know, the, sky, the clouds flowing. Man, it's all magical. Yeah, How what, is this what all happening? Is it's stuff? like it's crazy. Yeah, what what is it? It's 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 how is it even happening? Like we we've been designed to give everything a label and thought because of our education, but man, just remove everything like a baby. Let's go back to being a baby. You know, when we had no knowledge about it, when we were just experiencing life as it is, as a pure conscious experience. You see, everything is absolutely fantastical. It's it's the it's the biggest magic show ever. I mean, how incredible could it be? This is this is this is it's a, it's a mind blowing, mind altering. Madness play drama circus <laughs> going on, which is full of magic. I mean, even if you look at us, bro, like we wake up in the morning, we don't have to see. Oh, how's my liver? Oh, how's my lungs? Are they in their place? How's my stomach? How how are my cells doing? Nothing. We just go into the washroom, get dressed up, whatever, and we just functioning. Everything else inside has been taken care of by an intelligence. Yeah, I think you know? about I think about them a lot. You know, yes, the blood cells and all the like. Team Michael, you know that like it's massive. There's like billions and billions of them. It's crazy. Thanks, guys. It's, seriously, man. I mean, like, yeah, and they they're all doing their own thing, and we don't even have to look at interact with one cell and say, "Hey, how you doing? Are you okay?" We just like taking in food as form of energy, and they're doing the rest. They they're crunching it down into like whatever uh, like energy forms they need, and they're processing it. I mean, everything is so designed in the most Mind, I don't know. I'm I'm out of words, man. Like every time I try to describe what reality is or what the nature of reality is, you just go out of words because the human-made construct of language cannot describe this. Cannot describe this phenomena. You know, like all this phenomena which is happening is indescribable. It's beyond our capacity to comprehend, understand, and evaluate even. Yeah, I remember. Um, I wrote a quote down from Adi Da. You know, because. Adi Da is a... And you're so amazing with names, I have to say that. You know, Adi Da is like, he's a guru figure, but he's also a painter. He was like, you know, a big abstract painter in the Venice Biennale. And, okay. uh, you know, his his work is fascinating because he's really trying to get at it from this place of there being no perspective. You know, wow. Like I need to check his, him out. I've his never work, heard of him. Oh my God, really? Like, uh, you know, Baba Frijon was one of his, his uh, aliases. But yeah, this guy, Adi Da. Um, okay. Very much a part of this sort of contemporary non-dual tradition. And okay. he said about one of these abstract paintings, he okay. said, uh, you know, words can refer to it. They cannot describe this, but they yes. can refer to it. Yes. And so I think that that's, it's a great way to talk about, you know, yes. bring it back and, around and to your art and like why you do what you do, you know? 
and and you know like even like things which we can describe are they truly what we are describing them for example this desk on which the computer is there you know i i would say because of my because of the knowledge i've gained i would say oh this is a rectangular desk with three or four planks of wood and you know it's this shape and this color but is it truly for what it is is it truly that or is it something which we are deriving or we are we are we're trying to uh, process as information are things truly the way they truly are like the way we describe them even if you look at that from a surface level it does not make sense like for things how they truly are and the and you know something which i really wanted to refer back to our previous uh, conversation as well i mean something which really blows my mind man we keep changing as well not just like on a biological level but on a surface level like as a person michael 2 years back was absolutely a different person than who who he is right now and arjun who was even like 6 months back was completely different from who i am right now i am probably a collection of obviously my stories and memories but also the knowledge which i have been uh, gaining through through itself you know through through its own discovery and aren't we constantly changing so if we are changing that means we are not we are not who we are like it's not a permanent identity it's yeah. not something which is stable if you're changing we are unstable but something which is always there which is always stable is is pure conscious spirit which is always there which is always conscious the conscious spirit is always there in each of us conscious of every activity happening and that is what is the the most incredible thing about god not the figurative god but the spirit that it has manifested into everything and it is looking to everything through everything it's through itself and experiencing itself through everything and it's just conscious and it's untouched even if the body dies the mind dies the co- consciousness does not die it's it's always there it will manifest into another form and then it will create another identity you know but i mean that is it's it's incredible how it's implanted into into every form and because as a human we see that the structure of god spirit has to be a certain way that there has to be a creator and there has to be a creation but why it's it's not so naive that it will create itself separately it's it's far more intelligent that it's created itself inside itself and experiencing itself through itself definitely agree with you yeah. on this point <laughs> dude it's uh we're we're right at an hour and and I, so I, before we wrap this up i want to give you an opportunity to indulge me in a ridiculous intellectual exercise because here we are uh quite clearly inhabiting the the boundary or horizon i guess it better would to be to say the horizon of this this rolling now right that's constantly devouring and and giving and birth so to itself that's so beautiful what you said the rolling now yeah exactly it's so, always rolling right so yes. um on the one end of this rolling moment is oh. a, a you know a horizon we'll call the future and on the other end of the rolling moment you know like east and west is the past so we yes. we know <laughs> so we know that you know by discussing sending messages to the future or past we're talking spatially rather than temporally and that yes. the the temporal part of this is is uh just a like a a communication convenience but all that said yes <laughs> what do you want to say 
to the people that you imagine will hear this one day after you have died, the people that have been that were born after you died. What could you possibly commit to those people? You know, transmit to them right now. Man, like I feel that by the time someone is listening to this, say 100, 200, 300 years from now, I'm sure as a species we would definitely be a very much more evolved. Either we would not be there, one, or we would be a very evolved species. And by evolved, I would say not just technologically, but consciously as well. And right now, how I feel that how everything is a matter only model. Science would have come to a space where it would be a consciousness-only model, like that everything stems out of consciousness. And the universe was not made because of matter, and that matter made consciousness, but that consciousness made matter. And that everything, every matter, every universe, every galaxy, whatever, every experience is basically uh, experienced in a conscious experience. So I'm sure that people who are listening to in the future would definitely be, uh, you know, the fundamental science would be based around that, oh, everything is consciousness. So for them, this conversation would be like, oh, wow, you know, like our primitives used to think like this and they were discovering themselves. This is so <laughs> fascinating. What a history class. This is crazy. I mean, how are they even thinking that everything is matter? This is, this is insane. Everything. This is amazing. We need to think how primitive are. We need to look into this. We need to look into how our primitive minds were. But I mean, I'm sure there would be contrasts at, at, at that point as well. New problems with new societies and new civilizations, with new futuristic civilizations would definitely bring on uh, new uh, problems as well. But I just want to say that the core would be, because there will be like so many people, I would just want to say that people should just keep discovering who they truly are, keep contemplating, keep self-inquiring, and be in awe of this majestic reality, existence, to be blessed with and to be part of, you know, and to just to just express themselves in, in every in, in whatever way they want to, you know, whether it is through a conversation, whether it is through this, through a beautiful podcast or through uh, through painting or through uh, working out or any way they would like to. But I think contemplating existence is the most incredible, the, the biggest discovery we can do, you know. I mean, that is what excites you, Michael, right? I mean, I can, I can feel it every time, you know, I listen to you or I speak to you. And I mean, that, that is what excites me. Because you, you just can't ignore the fact that existence is the most bizarre, the most mysterious, but at the same time, the most incredible, magical experience everyone is having. And I feel that doing something you enjoy doing and through which you're passionate about really brings that to the surface, that makes you go deeper. I mean, art for me is, is just not a tool, I'm sure for you as well, it's just not a tool to, you know, show or share with the world. Of course, that's an integral part of it. But I think through art, we, we come in, we, we are so in tune with the present moment that we, we, we're not really thinking about the past and the future. We are really present and that makes us go deeper. And what is the, what are these states of minds where we can really tune in and go and ask ourselves who we truly are. And it all always come back, comes back to the fundamental question of who we truly are. And, you know, it never gets boring. And th from that comes out like different aspects of, uh, of reality, of virtual reality, of science, of biology, of macro and micro relationships, of everything. And, yeah, that's where it all stems out from. And I, I feel that 
no, I mean, I'm sure in the future there will be so many more distractions by the way this <laughs> fractal is expanding. But I think it's so important to, to come back to your source and to be centered and to be just still for, for a moment, you know, and to just reflect back upon from where is everything coming out from. Because distractions will not lead you to anywhere. They're just this loop which keeps infinitely going on. But it's so important to look at everything. I mean, accept everything for what it is, but look at everything from the source. That the spirit is manifesting into everything. And I feel that that is what I really want to share. I mean, I mean, you know, I, feel, I, I notice a lot of people being, you know, uh, you know, like being hammered by their psychological self, which is only a product of their own journey and nothing else. And I think it is very important to, to really look into it and really inquire what it truly is. What is its true nature? Is the psychological self truly there? Or is it just a figment of stories and imagination and language? And who we truly are is, 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 is the spirit manifested into this. So if pain comes, accept it. If joy comes, accept it. Nothing is permanent. But this consciousness, which is experiencing all these uh, you know, activities, is always permanent. It's never going. It's 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 always there. It's never fluctuating. So yeah, man. I mean, it's it's amazing. I mean, such. I mean, it's this has been such an incredible conversation. I mean, I woke up. I was so excited to you know have a conversation with you because I knew it's going to go deep and I'm fired up for the day. I mean, it's it's early morning here, nine o'clock, and I'm super fired up for the day. I'm so <laughs> glad. Yeah, I over here it's uh, almost ten p.m. and I was getting kind of tired, and now I'm all jazzed up. It's, it ha- it's been great. I really appreciate it. Archon, where can we send people I, to I, check I, out your before, amazing work? For sure. But I wanted yeah. to ask you one more question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you've been asking me questions, but I want to ask you a question right. because I'm really fascinated. Okay. Two questions, actually. One, <laughs> you're, I'm really, really blown away by the by the way you remember names because uh-huh. I'm so bad with it. But like you just, you name you remember names of people and what they do so amazingly. Was this something... You were gifted with one question and second, right now, what is it that is really, really fascinating you, like, which is blowing your mind, which you probably haven't shared with your viewers, which is like really, really fascinating you and which you keep contemplating and thinking about or having conversations with your inner circle all the time. So yeah, these two questions before we say goodbye. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I make a point of remembering names. I, I work at it. I work really hard at it and I think I do have a natural disposition to it, but I do think that it's also, um, you know, you can take care of your brain with nootropic supplements. You can work on memory exercises. I think that's very important, you know, brain, brain care, brain and eye care. I think, you know, people don't think about exercising all of these things and how it, you know, it's just like your your legs or anything. You know, you continue to exercise these things as you get older. Mm. To, as to your other question, right now I'm I'm in coloring book world. Actually, whoa, I whoa. just awesome. I just I just started. You know, I'm I'm I think it's it it's not really a secret. It's not a surprise, but it's a surprise to me because, like I said, you know, this is all very new to me, and I'm. I'm enjoying being uh, delighted at moving into more digital work with an yes. with an iPad and also with a late my a laser cutter 
that I've been waiting on for two years since oh, I pre-ordered okay. it. The, uh, the, the Glowforge laser cutter came in the mail today, finally. Whoa, so, awesome. so like thinking about design rather than just painting, thinking about layering ornamental elements on objects and, hmm. and this, you know, breaking out of the, the frame as an artist and starting to look at the whole world in a new way of like, you know, I could put that in the laser cutter, you know, like I could, Whoa. the thing's got a camera inside of it. So through the iPad, I could, wow. I can draw directly onto the item and have it trace the path and cut what I drew through the camera. So it's like this whole process of wow. ref the boundary between what I have in my mind and a physical object is starting to come down. It's starting to become user-friendly in a way mm -hmm. that I'm finding really fascinating. And I'm, I'm just really thrilled at the all the all the stuff that's that's possible for us now as yes. individual artists and like yes rising to the challenge of going through like f watching the tutorials and getting excited yes. about learning this stuff rather than <laughs> afraid of it you know yes. it's like it, it's embarrassing it's like you know if i were if i were 10 years younger i would have had i would have probably grown up with an ipad in my hands you know, yes. and like never, never had this resistance. But so that's where yes. I am now is just, you know, being like, fuck it. I'm not too old. Let's do this. Let's go. You know, it's time to change. <laughs> Everything's changing. Let, you know, let, yes. relax, let go and float downstream. So. Yes. And like, let the results come out on the way. I mean, whatever they have to and just accept them the way they are. And yeah. it's all going to be amazing. I mean, the journey is what, what is uh, the most beautiful, right? The process uh, when you're in that moment and man I'm going to pick your brains for the laser cut I want to know more about it because I've never yeah. heard about it yeah, before yeah, yeah. so I'm going to message you separately and ask you about it so yeah yeah, and, it, and that and the brain uh, memory thing is is so amazing wow that you put an effort into like remembering them that's that's incredible because I was always fascinated that I mean how do you like come up with names you know that's something which like well, I only, well I, it's only, I only ask, like, I only bring up the same five books every, all the, it's like, it's, you know, Douglas Rushkoff's Present Shot, Kevin Kelly's The Inevitable, Eric Davis's Technosis, Stuart Brand's Clock of the Long Now. I feel like there's a, there's a Michael Garfield drinking bingo that, that, you know, you could, you could come up with, like, like, uh, you know, Michael Phillip at Third Eye Drops. Um, you know, I think you, you've, you've been, I think you've been on his show, right? I think, um, or Midwest Reel. You know, he, he mentions ontological every episode. Like he, he, he drops that word in at every opportunity. So I was just like, you know, it's like that. I think it's just, you know, you just got to find the, the references that are obscure enough that you seem like you're really smart. It's, it's, it's just a trick. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I tricked and, everyone. And I think. And man, like something which you said, I mean, we live in such amazing times This at this point that, I mean, there's so many avenues and there's so many tools which we can explore and, you know, mix match and create, like how you got the iPad and then you got the laser cutter and how you're going to combine them. Yeah. And they, both of them are like absolutely new mediums for you, like in the sense that, uh, like you're more, I mean, in the sense that the iPad is a new, like you're going to be drawing directly on that and the and the laser cutter. And how are you going to combine these technologies with your 
with your immense knowledge of painting and bringing like evolving that into like something absolutely new which is which is insane i was doing a live stream a few days back and there's this app which i wanted to download on the ipad it's called clip studio okay. uh, it was so basically clip studio was formerly manga studio so basically a lot of these japanese manga artists used to use this i i came across i started using this on my desktop about 6 months back and i absolutely fell in love like far more advanced that photoshop and like absolutely amazing like it's 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 incredible and they released that same desktop app on the ipad like exactly the same like they did not cut down anything it's 6 months free right now and then they have a subscription service later on which i hope they they don't go for it and it's a paid model but um, i mean the the ipad version you use the pen tools in that and you can create some really intricate drawings out of it and then you can color them like a coloring book so i was basically okay. going in flow yeah so i was going in the flow and creating an artwork and while the live stream was going on i was actually coloring it so someone asked me about the coloring book and i was like man i'm actually creating coloring books like i'm drawing all these spaces and then i'm you know coloring inside them so so you can do your own coloring book like you can first draw like crazy abstract elements and then you can color them inside and you can they have these beautiful watercolors and stuff and like different kinds of watercolors and they're absolutely magical right on yeah I'll, i'm i'm downloading it right now actually so <laughs> <laughs> right on dude super well, Uh, before this turns into a, an app store commercial, um, <laughs> where can we send people to check out your artwork? So I'm the most active on Instagram and Facebook. I also use Twitter and Tumblr. I mean, I usually post ev- on every social network. And you can also find me on my website, archan.net. But I'm the most active on the social media and I update my site every six months or something. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter would be the best ways. Awesome. Yeah. Man. Yes. It's such a treat to talk to you. Let's do it again and yes. I hope that you have a most inspired and magnificent day. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, bro. Really appreciate it. Such an honor. Thank you. Thanks again for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Future Fossils is part of the MindPod network along with Third Eye Drops, The Astral Hustle, Synchronicity Podcast, and an oodle of other fascinating programs. I encourage you to go to mindpodnetwork.com and subscribe to them all. And stay tuned because we have some awesome episodes coming up on future fossils. But for now, may your now be exquisite, long, and wonderful. <laughs>